turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. The following program is sponsored by Know the Truth Incorporated. Today from Philip DeCourcy on Know the Truth. Remember that God's providence has carried you to this very moment. And if you've learned your lessons along the way, then you're equipped for this very moment. It's your past that makes you ready for your present. Your good past, your bad past. And always remember that the present always bumps up against the future. There's no time like the present. Why? Because it's all you got. in a study in the book of Ecclesiastes, but let's fast forward to the words of the Apostle Paul in Romans 8:28. All things work together for good to those who love God and are called according to His purpose. Today on Know the Truth, Philip DeCourcy is emphasizing that both the good times and bad times in our lives have prepared us for this present time. It's another message that encourages us to live and learn, even when life seems a jumble. Here's Philip DeCourcy with today's message. We've been spending some quality time in Ecclesiastes 7, verses 1 through 14. There's a lot of things to learn. And we've been working our way through the opening 14 verses of chapter 7. And we come here to the the last section. We live and learn when bereaved, verses 1 through 4. We live and learn when berated, verses 5 through 6. And now we live and learn when bewildered, verses 7 through 14. In fact, I think the linchpin for this last section is verse 13. Consider the work of God, for who can make straight what he has made crooked? Now, the thought here of crookedness doesn't have a moral component to it. Solomon's not charging God with any wrong. He's simply saying that God's ways at times are past finding out. That God allows things to happen in our life that seem like a jumble to us, seem all crooked. We can straighten it out. Romans eleven thirty three. His ways are past finding out. God is too kind to be cruel, too wise to make a mistake, and too deep to explain himself. Just get used to that. Submit to that. Embrace that. Don't be frightened by that. That's what you've got to live and learn when you're bewildered. Now, as you reflect on these verses, there's several things I want us to see from verse 7 through to 14. In fact, as I reflected on this passage, I saw three wrong attitudes and two right responses when it comes to the mystery of God's providence. Let's look at the wrong attitudes. This is not how you're meant to act when it comes to the trials of life. Number one, the first wrong attitude is impatience. Look at verse 8. The end of a thing is better than its beginning. The patient in spirit is better than the proud in spirit. 
faced with the mystery of God's providence, faced with the conundrums of life, you and I need to fight in patience with God. Secondly, we need to guard against anger. There's another wrong attitude in the face of life's furnace. It's easy, as we've already said, to become impatient with God's plan and then to bristle under His providence, become agitated and angry. Look at verse 9. Do not hasten in your spirit to be angry, for anger rests in the bosom of fools. In fact, I think you've got a similar thought here up in verse 7. Surely oppression destroys a wise man's reason and a bribe debases his heart. Pictures a righteous man trying to live for God, keep his nose clean, do right, but he watches oppression. He watches the wicked prosper, and he loses his temper, and he loses his way. This is the great danger. When you're at that place in life where you're scratching your head, and you don't know what God's up to because no man can make straight what God has made crooked. Well, then guard against impatience and guard against anger. Here's a third wrong response. I like this. Verse 10. Do not say, why were the former days better than these? Is that where you've been this week? Have you been looking back to better days in marriage, business, life? Solomon says, that is not a wise path. Live and learn. Do not say, why were the former days better than these? For you do not inquire wisely concerning this. Here's another wrong attitude. When you're in a tough time, guard against nostalgia. Guard against impatience, guard against anger, and guard against nostalgia. Solomon warns here about having a selective memory of glossing over the past, making it sound better than it was, and when you do that, it makes the present seem more than it is. So Solomon says, hey, wisdom would tell you this, that every age and every stage in life has its good times. That's the way it is. You're always going to be dealing with a mix of stuff, either on a given day, on a given week, or if you look across your life, in the days of prosperity, rejoice. In the days of adversity, consider. Don't wave your hands up going, I never saw this coming. This is the way life works. And Solomon says, when you get to that time, maybe when it's a day of adversity, not a day of prosperity, don't be looking back. Don't be coming angry. Don't become impatient. There's never a moment in history when we can hit the pause button and say, this is it. It's just not a wise thing to do. I'll tell you this. When you hanker for the good old days, it's because of either a bad memory or a good imagination. It's just the way it is. Don't do that. Because the present is all that you've got. And looking back doesn't move you forward. There's no time like the present. Why? Because it's all you got. Play the hand that you're dealt. Remember that God's providence has carried you to this very moment. And if you've learned your lessons along the way, then you're equipped for this very moment. It's your past that makes you ready for your present. Your good past, your bad past. And always remember that the present always bumps up against a future that's very promising. Because we'll get to a verse in a moment. We've touched on it, verse 8. I love it. The end of a thing is better than its beginning. Basically, here's what Solomon is saying. Don't take shelter in the past. 
Because that puts life into reverse. What do we say? There's no use crying over spilt milk. It's right. It just drains your energy, makes you less incapable of dealing with the difficulty you're in at the present. We touched on this last week. It's hard to get your head around the fact that the, the Israelites escape Egypt with all its slavery, with all its suffering. There's no shortcut. God doesn't take them through the land of the Philistines. You see, it took one night to get them out of Egypt, but it took 40 years to get Egypt out of them. And they became impatient, and they became angry, and they became nostalgic. Oh, do you remember the leeks in Egypt? Do you remember that strained soup that they gave us? Wow. And listening in on that, you go, you guys nuts? You want to go back to that? But it's an amazing thing, isn't it? How we misconstrued the past. When we lose our faith and we lose our presence of mind in the present. Don't be saying, why were the old days so good? As a Christian, the best is never behind us. The best is never behind us. The best is yet to come. The end is better than the beginning for the Christian. And you and I need to remember that. That's a wise way to live. Do not say, why were the former days better than these? You do not inquire wisely. Those are the three wrong attitudes. Impatience, anger, nostalgia. Two right responses quickly. Two right responses. Here's how we ought to respond to that which God puts us through when it's bitter and it's tough. Here's the first right response. Express an ebullient faith that is willing to wait for a better day. Express a belief in God and show it by your patience, by your tranquility, by your get up and get on with life attitude. Show your faith that there's a better day in God's way and in God's time. That's verse 8. I love this verse. Been meditating on it a lot this week. The end of a thing is better than its beginning. Hmm. Isn't that good? Somebody say amen. That's a great verse. Just mark that verse. Think about that. Maybe you've given up. Maybe, you know, you don't see your way through something. Why don't you lay hold of that? That the end of this is going to be better than the beginning. You don't like the taste of what you're going through. Solomon has lived long enough to say, hey, don't be concluding that this thing you're in, this problem you're dealing with, that you know what? There's no good going to come off it. Don't say that. Because ask any wise man who's lived long enough, they've all eaten their words. The end of a thing is often better than the beginning if we'll be patient, if we'll not lose our cool, if we'll not keep looking back but trust God and keep going forward. Wisdom says, give God time. Wisdom says, give things time. Wisdom says, gives people time. Wisdom says, give providence time. For the end of a thing is better than its beginning. I love the verse, Proverbs 4, verse 18. The path of the just is as a perfect day that grows brighter and brighter. Do you know what that means practically? 
for you and me this week, be slow to judge the Lord by feeble sense. That's straight out of an old hymn, right? You know that hymn? God moves in mysterious ways as wonders to proclaim. The writer William Cowper is saying, hey, be careful that all you can see with your eyes isn't all that God is up to. Don't you be judging the Lord with feeble sense from your limited perspective. Suck it up. Knuckle down. Don't become impatient. Don't become angry. Don't keep looking back. You lay hold of this. Then when God is through with it, and when God is through with you, you'll be in a better place one way or another. Now, we're not talking, by the way here, I must make a qualification. I'm not talking about a storybook ending to everything. But I am telling you this, God will write the last chapter in all of our lives. And for us believers, it's heaven. (laughs) So, hey, you know, that at least we know is true. The end is better than the beginning. It's better to be with Christ. The afflictions of this life, when you weigh them up against glory, nothing. But also it's true in life. Often if you give God time, you will get to a better place. Just don't give up. Cooperate, submit, work with God, not against God. Joseph found that to be true. Job found that to be true in Job 42, verses 10 through 12, given all that Job went through. Do you know what the Bible says? And the latter days of Job were better than the former. That's another wisdom book. The end of this thing will be better than the beginning. That's why in Zechariah chapter 4 and verse 10, we are warned, as that temple was being rebuilt, Those pilgrims were warned, don't despise the day of small things. The old people were getting caught up in nostalgia. This is nothing like what it used to be. And the new families were excited. They had never seen anything like it. And they could be discouraged by the naysayers, but hey, don't despise the day of small things. When this thing is built, you'll find God there. In fact, it would only be a short 400 years or God himself would come and say, I am the temple. And the glory of God now is among men. The end of a thing is always better than its beginning. Think about the great work of salvation. How did it look at the beginning? Let's just take that Christmas scene. A stall, a stable, a few animals, a stripling of a girl, Joseph, a baby in a manger. Is this the greatest rescue operation in history? The end of a thing is always better than its beginning. Don't despise the day of small things. Don't give up. Look beyond what's in front of you to the providence and goodness of God. Because, as we've often said, in the end we win. I love that story. I've told it a few times, but it's fitting of the janitor sitting on the benches of a Bible college gymnasium reading the book of Revelation. A few of the students are coming out after a game of basketball. They see him reading his Bible and they say, hey, what are you reading? He says, I'm reading the book of Revelation. They're just on a semester on that book. They were left scratching their head, all sorts of views, premillennial, amillennial, postmillennial. 
And so one of them said, hey, tongue-in-cheek, do you understand what you're reading? To which the janitor says, oh, yes, I do. In the end, we win. That's it. The church hasn't looked like much at times. She's been persecuted, torn by disunity, ravaged by apostates. But Jesus is building his church, and in the end, we win. And the beginning is nothing like the ending. Last thought. Here's the second right response. Submit to the sovereignty of God. Show a faith that's willing to wait on an unarrived future. And show some submission to God. This is verses 13 and 14. Consider the work of God. For who can make straight what he has made crooked? In the day of prosperity, be joyful. In the day of adversity, consider. Surely God has appointed the one as well as the other. So that man can find out nothing that will come after him. Let me boil it down to you and we'll be done. I know you. And you know something of me. And we all at times are tempted to complain. And often life leaves us scratching our head as to why God allows this or that. And we're tempted to murmur and grumble something that Paul forbids in Philippians chapter 2. In the day of adversity, we're to consider. What are we to consider? We're to consider the sovereignty of God. We're to consider the fact that when He makes something crooked, you can't make it straight. When He jumbles up your life, He does it for a purpose. And you can't find it out. You don't understand why sometimes he brings prosperity. At other times, he loads you down with adversity. On the one, rejoice, and the other, reflect. On the one, give thanks, and the other, trust. And all the time, submit to the immutable, inscrutable plan of God. He makes everything beautiful in its time. Ecclesiastes 3, verse 11 through 14. That's why you and I need to heed this word this morning. That when God is bent on a course of action in our lives, nothing or no one can alter it. We can protest. We can get angry. We can become impatient. We can get lost in nostalgia. It won't move the chain up the field. When God is bent on a course of action, you're not going to straighten him out. It's time to just submit. And say with Job, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. I will be still and know that he is God. I know that all things work together for good. It's a futile thing. All that results from it is a headache to bang one's head against the wall of God's sovereignty. There was a line in a hymn we used to sing back in Ireland. We know who holds the future. And he guides it with his hand. With God, things don't just happen. Everything by Him is planned. Remember learning that as a boy. It's good stuff. It's held me, provided me an anchor in the good times and the bad times. I've had to realize God's got hidden purposes. Deuteronomy 29, 29. The secret things belong to the Lord. What God has made crooked, no man can make straight. I finish with this story related to the Duke of Wellington, best known as the British general who defeated Napoleon in, in the war at Waterloo. 
1815. You'll find a monument to him today in London. But before that, Wellington was sent by the British Crown to India, where he was to oversee negotiations for the transfer of territories among the Indian Maharajas. Some of them wanted to know how big the territory was going to be, where it would be, how rich the soil would be. But Wellington was keeping tight-lipped. In fact, on one occasion, one of the Maharajas sends one of his servants to try and squeeze it out of Wellington. Where's my master going to have his land? When he wasn't getting anywhere, um, he offered him a great sum of money. Wellington motioned for him to come near. And he said, can you keep a secret? The servant, all glee-eyed, looked at him and said, yes. To which Wellington replied, and so can I. (laughs) It's crazy. God keeps some secrets. And I'm not about to second-guess him. He's all wise, all loving. It's tough, but. But no man can make straight what God has made crooked. So don't be impatient. Don't be angry. and Don't become nostalgic. What you need to do this week is express a, a strong belief, an ebullient faith that the end of a thing can be better than its beginning. And all the while, submit your plans to His plan. Amen? Father, we just pause to drink in the fresh water of your word, to bathe in it, to be cleaned by it, to feel freshened by it. But thank you, we're learning lessons at Solomon's expense. Help us, Lord, to realize what's better. Help us, Lord, to submit to your providence. Be still in the face of your sovereignty. Be patient and endure to count it all joy, not to become angry, to look forward and not to look back. And we'll give you thanks a day from now, a week from now, a month from now, a year from now, at what you have done for us and through us with things we would rather do without. For Jesus' sake, amen. What a comfort to know that God's got all our days in His hands. Deep encouragement from Philip DeCourcy here on Know the Truth. Our study in the book of Ecclesiastes has been full of hope and perspective as we learn to develop a biblical view of life's ups and downs, good times and bad. And be sure to visit our website for more resources on this subject. Just go to ktt.org or call 888-644-8811. And when you're on the go, be sure to add the KTT app or podcast to your mobile device. Using the app, you can also share messages with your friends on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Or send Phyllis messages to a friend through a text message. These are a few convenient ways you can help others to know the truth. Learn more at ktt.org. At Know the Truth, it's our mission to share God's Word using every technological means possible. And we also make available monthly resources. And today is the last day to get a small but fact-filled book about the evidence for Jesus' resurrection. Renowned apologists Josh and Sean McDowell examine all the details in their pocket-sized reference titled, The Resurrection and You. Bolster your faith with the rock-solid facts about Jesus' resurrection 
and discover how this historical event marks time and eternity for all those who believe. Ask for The Resurrection and You when you give $20 or more in support of the ministry of Know the Truth. Donate when you call 888-644-8811 or go to ktt.org. And if you prefer to send a check, write to us at Know the Truth, Post Office Box 30250, Anaheim Hills, California, 92809. Thanks for your generous support that makes Know the Truth available on the radio and the web. I'm your host, Wayne Shepherd, signing off for today. Tomorrow, our teacher, Philip DeCourcy, explains how we can keep our balance in a topsy-turvy world. Listen right here, Wednesday, to Know the Truth. Today's program was produced and sponsored by Know the Truth Incorporated. Jesus said, you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. Mike Lindell, and as you know, my passion is to help each and every one of you get the best sleep of your life. That's why I created my new Giza Dreams bed sheets. I started by using the world's best cotton called Giza. It's only grown in a region between the Sahara Desert, the Mediterranean Sea, and the Nile River. It's ultra soft and breathable, but extremely durable. My Giza sheets also include full 21-inch wide pillowcases that will fit over any pillow and deep pocket sheets that will fit over any mattress. The first night you sleep on my sheets, you'll never want to sleep on anything else. Go to MyPillow.com or call 800-516-3636 to get your very own MyPillow Giza Dream Sheets. Giza Dream Sheets are available in a variety of colors. Use promo code WAVA and Mike will give you 30% off plus free shipping. That's right, 30% off and free shipping with promo code WAVA. For the best night's sleep in the whole wide world, visit MyPillow.com. In his play at...